Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel again, and this is the next episode of the Ecom Show. I'm here with Benjamin. I'm really glad to have you here today. And uh, we're going to talk about SEO, technical SEO, and how it can increase conversions and, and website traffic sometimes, um, or not sometimes, but um he will he will tell you guys that uh you can experience amazing results in a relatively short period of time and he will explain how it happens why it happens um what's the strategy so hey benjamin it's nice to um have you here yeah thanks so much for the invite uh, it's great to be here yeah and benjamin is uh from slovenia ljubljana if i know it well and we are we are actually quite we are neighbors uh i'm here in budapest hungary so it's amazing to have someone uh, i think you are the first eastern european in this podcast so that's <laughs> yeah yeah actually when someone calls slovenia yeah, eastern europe i'm like uh it's more central europe but okay okay yeah. i'm gonna let it pass <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, same same with Hungary. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are right. Um, yeah. So, uh, tell me, tell tell us more what you do exactly and how you get into this whole e-commerce world and marketing world. Yeah, so I just suggest that I start all the way from the beginning. Uh, I started out uh, actually on YouTube when I was twelve. Uh, so I was just a kid, basically browsing around YouTube, and I noticed. All of these different, um, I don't know, reviewers, they were getting free products, uh, tech YouTubers, so they were reviewing phones. And to me, at the age of 12, coming from the Balkans, that was just crazy to me, right? So that you can essentially get paid money to do YouTube videos, get re- get uh, products into review. Uh, so that was just amazing. Uh, so that kind of led me to start recording videos from from my bedroom, from my laptop, and just uh, just sharing my thoughts on tech. Uh, and just providing value in terms of reviewing gadgets and everything like that. That uh, grew really fast. In fact, I still have the channel today. Makes me some solid uh, passive revenue from that. It has like 10 million views and uh, about 23,000 subscribers. So that's how I got started. But uh, yeah, the channel took off and then I just needed to have a website, right? So I looked into web design, got really skilled in web design and uh, local clients started approaching me can you build me a website? Can you build me a website? And uh, that uh, scaled uh, quite fast. We had like 23 people at one point. We were pumping out like seven to 10 websites per week, which is which is a bit insane now that I think about it. But I remember that all those clients just kept coming back and asking, yeah, you built me this incredible website, but when can I expect calls, right? So we weren't doing ads. We weren't doing SEO at that point. We're just building out websites. And I noticed that more people are actually looking for for leads and traffic and conversions than just um, having a good website. So that kind of got us into uh, paid ads, but I didn't really stick around there. I kind of transferred over to SEO and uh, SEO has just um, opened a bunch of doors and uh, 
combining SEO with our development background, we just kind of have an edge over over everyone else. Uh, I like to say uh, because we are able to spot technical problems of websites, uh, and by fixing those, we are able to generate generate some quick results and quick wins uh, for for lots of online businesses uh, like e-commerce, uh, affiliate websites, um, and all others. Wow, that's great. So you tried a lot of different things and I really like that because it's it's so good when you can see the overall picture. You tried YouTube websites and then SEO. Um, before we jump into SEO, uh, when did you start with YouTube? Like seven years ago? Uh, actually, it was it was nine years ago. So I was I was 12 at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, how much... Uh, did this platform change since then? Oof, massively, massively. I would say hmm, back then there was no really, the algorithm didn't really exist. Um, I, I mean, it, at least not in terms that it does now. Uh, yeah. So it was, I don't know. I, I remember people just uh, getting into the recommended just because, I don't know, they put a hot uh, hot baby in the thumbnail and <laughs> everyone was clicking on the video and uh, everyone was doing, just doing that back then. But also the platform was so much smaller. Now everyone has, mm-hmm. like all these bigger YouTubers are like over, like, I don't know, half a million, million. And back yeah. then, like if you had a million, you were like, it was crazy back then. So it's just funny how much more popular it got, how much how much more time people spend on it, um, which is mm-hmm. quite interesting. Do you think it will be even bigger in the next few years? Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, probably just because the the older generation is still kind of getting into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, like the whole space, like e-commerce, the entire online space, in my opinion, is still just getting started. Uh, so definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, as an email marketer, I can see the engagement on YouTube. Um, we had a client who used uh, influencers in the carnage in the US, and they didn't do any ads, only influencer marketing on Instagram and YouTube, mm-hmm. and 20, 30 minutes long videos. Um, and the people could people could subscribe using the link in the description of the video and uh, after they subscribed the open rate of the emails were 90% click rates were around 20 30 even 40% so that's ridiculously high um so youtube is the best for engagement in my experience um i would i would and, uh, yeah i would definitely agree mm-hmm. with that just because um uh, you have to be careful who you pick uh, because, uh, but influencer-wise, uh, the connection that someone builds with their audience uh, is just so much, so much better. Yeah, on Instagram, Instagram is probably the second one that I would say, or maybe TikTok, but I'm not really familiar with it. But mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. the more content, YouTube is probably like the realest, um, yeah. because uh, because people just see like the the truest version of someone. And, uh, and they really can relate to that. And because they can relate, they just keep on watching and, uh, and consuming the content, mm-hmm. which just brings me to my thought. I'm also very like um, bullish, if I can call it, on, on just mm-hmm. live streaming platforms because mm-hmm. live streaming has even le- less editing than YouTube, right? Uh, so in my opinion, also super popular. 
Mm-hmm. How about Twitch, by the way? I'm not really into that. I, I I'm not know. into that either, but I just uh, thought of it now because because of the live uh-huh. streaming, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me too. This is why I asked. Um, and uh, do you think uh, YouTube became less technical in the past years because the algorithm got better and... Uh, back then, as you said, it was about the thumbnail, or you put one keyword into the subject lines. Yeah, yeah, uh, much, uh, much. It's much smarter now, so it's mm-hmm. much more, much more engagement based. Back then, it was all about I don't know. I remember, and people still do this. Like people rank mm-hmm. videos with I don't know links and keyword stuffing mm-hmm. and everything like that, uh, which is more. It's getting more, and I mean, it's getting less and less effective. Uh, engagement metrics like view view duration, mm-hmm. uh, likes, comments, uh, shares, um, and just the watch duration how how many minutes uh, mm-hmm. they they watched those are at the top right now and uh, probably mm-hmm. just will keep on moving more and more into there just because it's much harder to manipulate. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and uh, so how about SEO? How does your uh, method look like how it helps e-commerce businesses yeah right uh yeah so we are quite different in terms of how we work um just to explain the the basic seo model and how uh, how most agencies go about ranking uh ranking sites and providing uh, mm-hmm. uh ranking them essentially uh they just uh, they just focus on content providing really really good content and and also link building providing rele- relevant but also powerful links uh, to your website right uh, and that works it's uh, good content and good links they're the essence they're essence of good seo right but we found that uh, just by doing that you're leaving a lot a lot of potential traffic there's also money on the table so with our development background we are really a lot more technical so how we approach everything is that we just first off start with an SEO audit, with a technical SEO audit. These audits uh, go through a number of different factors um, and we just take a look at every single aspect of your site. So to just name a few, we take a look at your content, just uh, content through the entire site, make sure that you don't have duplicate content. We take a look at your website performance. We make sure that your uh, site is fast and optimized for conversions and everything like that. We take a look at uh, how your links, how you're linking throughout your content and your site. Uh, we take we take a look at um, your index and make sure that you're not indexing uh, empty pages inside of Google. So just very, very technical. Uh, and most of these things are usually skipped uh, by, by most uh, agencies, unfortunately. Uh, and I'm not trying to bash on anyone here, but uh, just uh, what I noticed. And usually, when clients come to us, it's uh, they come to us because either someone else referred us or because <laughs> no one can solve their problem. And just by running these incredibly in-depth audits, we're able to find uh, problems that no one else is able to. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, is there an eighty-twenty rule here? So. Maybe there are top three things that everyone should take care of, or it's more, you know, distributed and there is a list with 100 elements and all of them are important. Honestly, or how from, from elements, I think there's like 280 of them that are, that are like elements. And uh, I, I wouldn't really say that there are like 
top top ones but if i just maybe organize it by the ones that are the easiest to spot and also the easiest to fix i would probably start with uh, a content scan there's a very good tool that you can use it's called siteliner.com and you can just plug in your website url in there and it will just show you it will scan through your website and it will show you pages that have duplicate content duplicate content is basically content that is repeated over other pages on your website and as soon as you have uh, over 40% of duplicate content on, on a page, well, you need to fix that because Google does not like that and they, they, they won't really favor your page. Uh, a competitor is much uh, more likely to, to outrank you. Uh, so that's just one very important thing. Next up, super, super, super common with e-commerce is your, are your heading tags, right? So in, um, on websites, you have H1s, H2s, and H3s. H1 is by far the most popular heading tag. It is, it is, it tells Google what your page is about. And there are two types of problems that most uh, e-commerce sites have. Either they have, they don't have an H1 tag at all, which is a very big problem, or they have multiple H1 tags. But the general rule is with H1 tags is that you only have one H1 tag per page. So just running a scan, um, just scanning your website and making sure that each page only has one H1 tag and it, that it contains your target keyword in there, that is um, a very, very easy fix and it will it will deliver some incredible results for you. If I have to say one more, I would I would definitely note uh, I would definitely focus on page speed, uh, but also just. Um, just how everything how everything is interlinked together and uh, making sure that the pages that you really want to rank are receiving links from other relevant pages on your site, uh, that would be also a very good one. Yeah, I think these are super helpful pieces of advice, uh, what you just shared with us. Um, and for example, these headlines, age one, age two, it does... Does it matter if it's Shopify, WooCommerce, or I don't know, something else? It's, Our website it is doesn't on matter, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, chances are that if, if you're not using WooCommerce, if you're using something like uh, Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento, you will have more problems. And uh, actually, every client that is on something like Shopify usually has double the, the number of errors than someone that's coming from WooCommerce uh, just because Shopify is... Uh, is a little bit more, I don't know, user-friendly, and thus it's easier to make mistakes on there, uh, as, as, an, as unfortunate as that is. Yeah, my, uh, my flatmate uh, is a de- developer, and he, as a technical person, he prefers um, platforms which are more, how to say, like customizable. He can write the code. And uh, on, the, on the user side like me, who is, I'm, I'm dumb to uh, coding. I prefer if it's user-friendly. I don't need any coding. It's very simple, like Shopify or ClickFunnels, but he doesn't like these tools. So it's very funny that depending on which, which side you are, you prefer different things. But uh, he also told me that if it's more user-friendly, there is a higher chance for uh, technical mistakes or 
you cannot customize as much as you want. Always, always, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. if I were uh, building a store from scratch, and uh, I mean, if I had some prior experience with uh, I don't know a previous store built on Shopify or something like that, I would I would really invest into into proper web design, but done in WooCommerce uh, on WordPress, right? Uh, just because long term, if you plan on doing SEO, that is, uh, you're gonna benefit big time from being on something like WooCommerce just because it's everything is going to be much cleaner. Um, mm -hmm. A very good tip there. Yeah. yeah, as far as I know the numbers, the industry is moving more into the user-friendly platforms. Shopify is growing like crazy now. WooCommerce is still the most uh, popular, but it's, it's losing this role. Uh, Magento as well. So... It's interesting to to see the trends. Um, I expect Shopify to be the biggest platform. Soon. I do too. I do too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, two questions first: um, to do this SEO thing, do you need a developer, or or do you know does a store need a developer or or not? Um, for for most for most things no uh they're relatively simple to fix when you start getting a little bit more advanced um like uh, out of the 200 plus factors that we take a look at uh yes for some you will need the developer most likely but mm -hmm. if you're starting out and you just want to get a little bit of a boost for your existing store uh and just want to look into seo no you don't need to have a developer it's actually very easy to to just apply the quick wins that i just mentioned earlier uh literally mm -hmm. just by changing a few things and just pressing a few buttons no coding required which is super good gotcha and uh, what is the size when someone should implement these things uh the size as in uh the revenue let, let's let's Talk about revenue or number of orders. Hmm. Honestly, with SEO, with SEO, it's completely different than something like PPC because with PPC you will have um, it will make sense to some point, and uh, it largely depends on numbers. But with SEO, it's it's different, right? With SEO, you can be extremely, I mean, extremely successful if you have a very niche down product. So if you're selling something like I don't know what's a very weird product. Um, I don't know, some very specific coffee beans, for example. And we just take a look at, uh, at the Keyword Explorer. We figure out, are there people that are actively searching for this product? And then we just take a look at the competitors. And chances are, if it's a very niche down product, and if the MVP has kind of proved itself, uh, well, then they can start uh, SEO instantly. In fact, most sites... That, that are they don't have much competition will be already ranking for their terms. They just won't be at the top, right? So they'll be on the bottom of page one. And those are really the ideal uh, type of um, uh, candidates for SEO because you can get you can get incredible results because the difference between position eight and position two or position one in Google is insane, right? Because no one really goes down to position eight. You will click on the first one or the second one and that's it. So yeah. uh, that would be the it's like idea. exponential difference, I guess. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like uh, I read some study a few months ago. Like position one gets the fifty percent of the traffic, position two gets like twenty, 
and then 10 and then I don't know, the 10th gets only 1% or even less. Yeah, if you're actually, I would say that, um, that this might be kind of changing, but I would say the first position, at, yeah, like 50%, the next one like 35, the third one probably around 20, uh, but then it just drops off massively. So if you're not in the top three, um, you need to be in the top three, basically. Yeah. What happens if you are not on the first page? Well, no one, no one, I mean, people go hide a, bo- a dead a body on, on page two of mm-hmm. Google, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, our agency is on page three for email marketing. We didn't do any SEO. We didn't even check these headlines. Like literally we did nothing. Uh, and we still get like one lead uh, per month from SEO. So right. It's interesting. So you're in a very competitive industry, right? So email marketing is probably like one of the toughest terms to rank for. But what I would do, for example, for these very, very competitive keywords, I would simply go after uh, long tails. I would do, mm-hmm. I would create a content plan. I would look mm-hmm. into Ahrefs and just uh, brainstorm all the different types of of long tail keywords, mainly questions that people have in terms of email marketing. So just kind of um, to try and understand your your target customer and what they would type, right? You don't really have to come up with your ideas uh, yourself. You can just use a tool like Ahrefs, do the do the research, come up with I don't know fifty content ideas, and just kind of line them up with which one has the highest chances of conversion, and then you can just rank for those, and you will do you'll do quite good yeah that's quite interesting so if somebody has a very competitive niche this is how they should do it like long tail keywords and uh and two episodes ago with uh with john i if i remember well we talked about how you can validate your um product market fit using seo and uh if you get uh, you know good ranking based on your long tail keywords you can build your whole content strategy around those long tail keywords and not just uh, on your blog or videos but social media and literally everywhere in your newsletters you can use certain phrases these long tail keywords and uh, this can become uh, the pillar of your content exactly strategy. exactly like these um, um, keyword tools they are they're super useful. Unfortunately, they don't have the exact data. So they don't have every single keyword in there. They, the search might be off by quite a bit sometimes, but it's it's the closest thing we have into like into a look of our customer's mind. <laughs> I hope that doesn't sound too bad, but uh, the, the better that you can understand your, your target customer, what they're searching for, what they're thinking, um, and if you can position yourself right uh, at the top or right in front of them for when they search something uh, in relate uh, related to your product or your service, well, you're just going to win. Um, no other way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about website speed, by the way? Because I feel like it's a very ignored topic. And also I'm curious if, there are differences uh, in Shopify and self-hosted uh, platforms like WooCommerce. Right, right. Um, with, uh, we do a lot of speed optimization, like a ton. I would say probably like five websites per week. 
And I keep on noticing the same pattern and that is, well, WordPress is just a lot easier to, to get the perfect score. I'm talking like 99 or 100 out of 100 on Google's page speed test. Um, the same thing also goes for Shopify, but it's just a lot more complex. It takes more time. And on WordPress, even someone that isn't necessarily a, uh, that big of a developer can get a very solid um, result from just optimizing the speed. But on Shopify, that's a bit more challenging. Uh, so the same thing applies. You can install image optimization plugins and cache plugins and everything like that. Uh, but it's just going to be a bit harder to get a very good score on Shopify. Just another tip, uh, optimizing your images is the number one way that you can uh, get a better score or just save time on your, on your page speed. Uh, the second part of the question, uh, in terms of self-hosted versus Shopify, I would say they're about the same. Like, of course, if you if you have your own host and it's super fast, it's probably gonna be better. Uh, but since you're kind of limited with Shopify, yeah, it's it's good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, so first, Shopify is harder, um, but it's good for you because um, the owners and the marketers they won't do it by themselves, and they will come to you and ask for help. <laughs> that's true that's true but it works it's usually the same case with wordpress or or shopify uh, because we are usually the ones that point it out you know look look your site is slow it's costing you this and this every single month due to lost conversions and uh, it's, it's kind of funny how how good it works just optimizing the page speed because uh, like we just finished working on the supplement site uh, and their conversion was i don't know like 1.6 percent um, and now we slash the, the loading time like by, I don't know, 70 or 80% or something crazy like that. And their, their conversion went to like 3%, so almost doubled. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a big opportunity. That's amazing. Um, and I know you have great results. So if you could share a few of those, because I think many people, as you said, they are aware of PPC. I put... Uh, 10k on uh, Facebook ads, and I will get 3x or ROAS or more. But uh, many people are not aware of uh, the results of your work, of of what you do. So, what they can expect? Right, um, right. Uh, as as mentioned earlier, like the the best possible candidate for for doing SEO is someone who has um, who has kind of like an established brand who has been around for some time, who is not brand new just because Google does not favor brand new, um, websites that have been around for like a week, um, or someone that just started the drop shipping, um, a product from China seven days ago, you, you chances are you won't even appear uh, in Google, you know, just because it takes time. SEO is, uh, SEO is slow. It's not like PPC. Sometimes I wish, uh, I wish it was, um, in terms of, um, case studies i can share just like one of our most successful examples uh this french site that we cleaned up it was uh, it had like i don't know three or four years of age uh ranking for numerous keywords doing some very serious traffic they were doing like two hundred thousand uh per per week in terms of organic traffic and uh yeah, we just did the audit. We took a look at the, at the page speed. We noted that it had a lot of duplicate content. They had empty pages inside of Google Index, which we cleaned up. 
um, and just a bunch of other problems. Uh, so just uh, in the code, broken code was on the page and everything like that. And uh, it took us, I believe it was like six six business days to click, clean everything up, including the page speed, absolutely everything. And then Google, of course, needs time to process everything. 45 days later, I get uh, I get a very good email from um, from the owner of the site. And he says that they're up 71% uh, in their organic traffic uh, in 45 days. So that um, that even blew me away just because, uh, um, well, we never worked uh, on such a huge site before. And that kind of opened the doors to all these bigger projects that we are working on now. Yeah, that's amazing. I can imagine that you can use this case study and results and when you show it to similarly big brands then uh then they really like it and they want to work with you so that's that's great um and you also mentioned that uh, so solid brands not new stores not really drop shipping stores and uh and uh stores in specific niches or with specific products maybe can you tell us a few niches where it works very well and others where it, it doesn't Right, right. Yeah. So a perfect example would be um, would be supplements, right? Especially if mm-hmm. if you're in the U.S. market, which is like the toughest market, of course. But um, let's say that I don't know you are in you you have a protein powder. If you're trying to rank for protein powder, just protein powder, right? Um, it's going to be incredibly hard to rank for that, just because every Amazon uh, supplement page. Um, all these huge competitors are already ranked for it, right? That's if you're just starting out and um, have had some success with PPC and other forms of marketing. Um, chances are SEO is just not the best fit. Or you can look at it from the other perspective, uh, which is long tails and just building content around, around those uh, long tail keywords. But the best fit uh, and the best results are usually achieved just uh, in either foreign markets so we have a ton of success in, in the French market, uh, German market, um, Polish, uh, just market where there is demand and where there are, where there are conversions. Um, those are incredible, but also niches. So usually I say the weirder your niche is, the better results you're going to get just because uh, if, uh, if someone, I don't know, is selling... Um, I don't know some some car product that is that is not really that popular. That's not this shiny hot thing that everyone is selling. Well, chances are it will be still marketed the old way, which means cold calling, um, sending out uh, mailing lists like mail, actual mail, uh, and just taking that product, positioning it online in SEO or something like that. That usually takes off like like crazy, uh, but it doesn't have to be that that uh, niched. Uh, it just um, it just largely depends. Uh, honestly, sometimes I'm a bit surprised when uh, when I get in a site and I don't expect it, and then there are all these keyword opportunities that we can rank them for. So the best way uh, for someone to evaluate would just be to to either get in touch with an SEO and ask them for their opinion. That's how I would do it. Yeah, very interesting, and I have the same experience. Um, not not just for SEO really, but uh, we have many clients who make big numbers and they are in a very weird niche, like uh, CBD products for dogs, for example. Exactly. 
um, just got this new uh, client uh, last week. And, and there are other examples. Um, and I think partly because, as you said, uh, they don't have to reinvent the wheel because their product is, uh, is the new thing. They don't need new uh, tricks in marketing, really. Because if you sell a supplement like a protein powder, then you need a lot of new marketing tactics, a new angle, new kind of copy or new kind of influencers to sell with. But when you sell CBD for dogs, then your product is the new thing. Um, and that's already enough to sell it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask, so what happens if there is a general store owner and he wants SEO? Because that's completely the opposite of a specialized brand. Uh, you mean general as in uh, someone that sells a variety of products? Exactly, in different niches. Right, and so that would just be, that would just be, in SEO there are two, ty- two types of sites, right? So the first site is the one that we talked about is a niche site. A niche site is one that focuses either on a micro niche or just serving like the same niche, right, to the same audience. The second one is an authority site. An authority site would be your your Walmarts, your Amazons, these huge sites that sell a variety of products to to like completely random people, right? So it's not really targeted by by niche, and that's simply just an authority site. With authority sites, uh, generally they're much stronger, uh, but the principles are exactly the same. It's uh, it just uh, most of authority sites actually started out in as a niche site. If you look at, at Amazon and how they started, well, they started just off just with books, like online books, right? And they expanded. Uh, so uh, that's how most authority sites start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, my last question. So during this coronavirus and these interesting times, I just read that uh, uh, in a few days or when this uh, episode will come out, uh, by then, uh, around 30 million Americans, they will uh, lose uh, around $600 of their income every week. So unemployment rates are crazy high. We have coronavirus. Uh, we have a lot of interesting things this year. Um, what uh, would be your best advice to e-commerce uh, folks in 2020? from your perspective those who are already established or those who are starting uh both both you can separate them if you want right right um if if we're planning if we're planning to start just make sure that you have a market and that your your mvp is confirmed because there's nothing worse than trying to start up a new e-commerce store uh having a product and then not really having the the buyers for it so how how I would do that is just I don't know, run I run a few ads and just ask people in the groups um, just ask them if they wanted to buy it. Um, I know that this is not e-commerce this next tip that's coming up, but I would also look into affiliate marketing, um, just uh, outreaching to people and uh, going into groups something that you're passionate about and uh, offering solutions in terms of uh, products or courses that you can get an affiliate fee from. I think that's probably the number one uh, most underutilized way to make income just because it's 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 not sexy it takes time to to build a connection with someone and help them out 
but uh, it you can really you can really big win that way uh, win big that way. Um, the next thing for established e-commerce owners, uh, I would just say go all in on PPC right now because chances are that uh, we're not gonna see uh, prices like this for ads um, for either a very long time or possibly not ever again. Um, that's something I would definitely maximize and also. Um, well, just drop me a message <laughs> and see if, if there's any SEO opportunity. Um, but two more things, just influencer marketing and affiliate marketing, creating an affiliate program for yourself, for your company, and just uh, reaching out to podcast owners, uh, YouTube uh, celebrities or influencers, uh, Instagram stars. Uh, I would definitely look into that because it's it's free money. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you can work out an affiliate percentage deal with them, uh, it's just a pure win-win and I would highly suggest it. Yeah, great recommendations, Benjamin. And you have you have a lot of experience with these uh, things, long years of experience. So thanks for uh, sharing this with us. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where they can find you? Yeah, so the best place is probably to just look at goldenweb.net or just drop me an email with any kind of question more than happy to help. Uh, it's benjamin at goldenweb.net. Um, yeah, that's 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 basically it. Happy to help. Yeah, uh, I will add these links into the description of the podcast. Everyone can find it. And uh, again, thanks for uh, joining uh, as a guest to today's episode. You shared a lot of value, valuable tips with us. And uh to the audience stay tuned every thursday we are coming out with a new episode with a new expert um thanks for joining us today and thanks benjamin coming uh, here as a guest today yeah thanks for having me hope you enjoyed this episode of the ecom show podcast if you want to learn more about e-commerce retention marketing check out our facebook group called top 3% e-commerce email marketing or check out our website thebudaimedia.com The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.